All right. A toast to the lords of music, both living and dead. Uh, please guide us through our musical journey. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, please help us with our, our, our technology and cameras and stuff. Um, and uh, who, who would you like to toast this week, Zach? Ooh. Dang it. I'm never ready for this question. I'm going to do, well, we did Van Halen last week. I'm well, we didn't record Steven. Van Halen. <laughs> Steven Tyler. Okay. Steven Tyler, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's my turn. Do you want yes, me to elaborate? You, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll toast to uh, Tony Iommi, because Kano gave me a heart attack and thought... <laughs> I thought he posted a picture of Tony Yomi and I was like, oh my God, did 2020 take another level? But he's not. He's still kicking it. He's alive and still shredding. So thank God for Tony Yomi. Tony Iommi. I just had finished this audiobook. So I'm going to still say to, to Mr. Uh, Eddie Van Halen, you know, I know we did it last week, but we never did it while we were recording. So a toast to him. So a toast to, to all of them. Cheers, guys. So yeah, why Steven Tyler? <laughs> um, I just really like Steven Tyler. Fair enough. Fair enough. Steven Tyler over Joe Perry. Is Steven Tyler the singer? Yeah, he's the singer of Aerosmith. That's we are. Cool. Wait, are we toasting to singers now? Because we can toast. It's just musicians, living or dead. You know. Yeah, yeah. I guess it. I think we lost that. Creative. Oh no, he's hey, back. Can you hear me? Sorry. Yes. Um, <clears throat> we kind of had this conversation, and I would like to redact one of my statements because I said that Slash sounds more like Angus Young. But then I went back because I just haven't listened to Joe Perry in a long time. And I was like, okay, Slash sounds a lot like Joe Perry too. Like if you listen to Train Kept It Rolling, there's like so many things that I know yeah. most of I was like, yeah, that's something Slash does. Yep, that's also something Slash does. Like, um, Basically, I feel like all of Get Your Wing really Get Your Wings really reminds me of like is it's really like Joe Perry playing and kind of similar to Slash. Yeah, and okay. I just love Aerosmith, so that's why I like Stephen Tyler. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Aerosmith too. I listen to Joe Perry's book too, and uh, but that, that's what makes me curious. Like I listen to I, I probably haven't listened to Stephen Tyler's book. But also, like, I view um, them a little bit differently. And, again, I view it from, like, Joe Perry's perspective, where there's, like, a little bit of – that's where my slant comes from. And also there's, like, a little bit of perspective where Steven Tyler does Steven Tyler. And I think Joe Perry does himself a little bit, but he really appreciates being part of the band, right? And um, that's what he appreciates. While Steven Tyler can get caught up on saying, like, stuff like, well, it's great being part of a band, but also when you're part of a band, you have to split everything like a band. Well, when I'm by myself on American Idol, it's all mine. <laughs> and that might be a front, a front person versus like, <clears throat> I feel like that. That's uh, true. That tends to, well, I mean, they're guitarists like that too, but I, yeah, I feel like there's, uh, there's a different kind of egos and personality that go into play when you're the like, the lead singer and all that stuff. And like, I guess we probably should go through the intro, uh, which would be my turn this week. Yeah, what um, did you bring for us? What? I did uh, 
it's a it's a it's a, it's a blues song. Twelve Bar Blues. Like thank you guys love so much. <laughs> so I do love it. I just now it's like twelve in a row. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so this is just something I made um, a while ago when I was playing with May Moons. Um, it's like very obviously it's very blues driven. It's twelve bars. Um, but I took different elements from different places, but I'll, I'll just go through the full thing. It's in D minor, technically D flat minor, because I play most of the time half step down, but I'm just tuned to standard right now. Uh, but it basically just goes like this. That's pretty much it. Yo. That's cool. Kind of thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's uh, pretty, pretty simple. Um, I, I got a lot of uh, like most like kind of blues things. It, I got most of the ideas from kind of other places though. Um, like the three songs that I, I always think of when I think of, uh, you know, coming up with. <laughs> Are, um, one is going to be uh, Gary Clark Jr.'s Cold Blooded, which is kind of an interesting progression because it's a A minor to E minor to a B minor, but it's all in like the key of E minor. But it's like so it's like a, a four one five progression, which is kind of interesting. But it just it, it's very like kind of deceiving because you start on the A minor and it just goes. But you can see the kind of that I kind of get for my D minor thing. Um, so there's that. And then um, I kind of pulled some influence from another Gary Clark Jr. song when my train pulls in. And it's really for, um, I play a minor seven to a minor six chord for my four and five chord in my blues. But um, the Gary Clark Jr. one's in E minor. So uh, the, the four chord is an A minor. So... <laughs> That'd be the one, and then the the four ends up being. And so he's playing kind of, if you think of like an A minor uh, chord in an E minor formation, and you just chop that off at the D string, like kind of think of like if you're starting to play Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so that that chord, you take your pinky and the uh, and you put it on the um, eighth fret, and that makes it a seven chord. And then if you bring your pinky back one to the um, seventh fret, that makes it a seven chord. So I just took that. So in, in my song, my, my four is actually a G. So I just take that for my four and my five, and I, I kind of do that.
when you'd mentioned yeah. that this is 12 bar blues i was like if you had just played this i would not have thought 12 bar blues <laughs> Which is, it's cool no that's it's cool it's like a it's it's got a lot of like melodic features to it too and like i, I really like that um and uh, yeah it's like now that you're breaking it down i'm like oh i see the 12 bar blues because you're talking about you know the a to the e and all that stuff but i'm like oh i would not have it's masked with a lot of different intricacies which i like so. cool. no that, that, that's a good point um and i guess that's like what i like doing about doing with 12 bar blues is kind of using it as a way to like develop like the different riffs and go through a progression of riffs that are based in like a one four five progression but you can kind of like express it a little bit differently yeah because even, even even the leading part the that um i kind of took that lead in from chris stapleton's song i was wrong So I basically, I just really like that leading, that kind of idea of the leading coming off of like the, the a, a minor chord to the D chord and that sort of progression. So that, that's kind of where all the ideas came from uh, for that. Nice. So is it the, on the eighth? Yeah. Perfect. And then it's the... Yeah, well, yeah, so first you go to a G, G, G minor, G minor, G minor, 7, G6, because that's a 4. That's the 5, 3, 6. 5, 3, 3, yeah, 6, so 5, 3, 5. He means it's like the 4 chord. I don't know what a 4 chord is. <laughs> so I'm talking about, like, in terms of, like, root, root chord yeah, root uh chord your fifth your fourth that doesn't help me <laughs> Woo! No, i'm just kidding no my, um, <laughs> my illiteracy <laughs> comes out here yeah <laughs> no okay so like uh you, uh i'm talking about your g chord so yeah you're playing the right chord so uh, okay, yeah. your one is your d minor your four is your g minor and your five is your a minor yeah Do you listen to Alabama Shakes? I, I know like a few songs, not like I, a ton of them. I only know like one song. So, I mean, let's all be honest. It's probably, uh, it's not I Was Wrong. There's one called I Don't Want to, or Don't Want to Fight. That's, I Don't Want yeah, to Fight No More. This song yeah. kind of reminds me of that. Like, cause I'm hearing like a, just a fucking heavy beat. And I, it's, I like it a lot. It's very groovy. Like. That's the fun of it. I was able to do, um, kind of use like a R&B kind of groove sort of beat for it. I think with, I don't know if it was with like maracas or like uh, uh, a tambourine or something, but I truly really try to groove with it. And I also have to thank like the people that I recorded with, which um, were Lou Fuki and Tazine from uh, like the uh, Detroit based like 
uh, music group called Lufuki and D- Divine Providence, and they just like really like Lufuki uh, played guitar on it, and he like really knocked it out of the park and really complimented what I was doing because I'm doing like kind of to lead into the to the um, D minor chord, but he does he comes from like below, so he starts playing which is um three to five and then on the e yeah and the way those yeah it's it's interesting harmony because like you're doing thirds and then seconds some places and then you slide in from like i think the the seventh and the second both to the one so it's kind of like this it kind of creates a cool like um harmony together like that that's cool. It's a fun uh, little lick. I, I always enjoy it. I kind of go back to it a lot. Um, I kind of been kind of continuously, like I, I think about like kind of like the stuff I want to play live and this song is like so easy. And I think it's like a, something I can weave in a lot of places. Like I could play like a heavier set with it and like really like crank up like the distortion gain on it and kind of maybe do something fuzzy with it. Um, I think I've done that maybe once or twice, but then like, if I'm playing, like I've played this at like acoustic shows because it just really works really well with like the chords that are used in it and some of the voicings in it that I feel like it worked well for like acoustic sets and everything. So I feel like it's pretty versatile, but I think what we're we're all really here today to do is talk about the heavy stuff because I know, um, I know we're probably going to talk, go back to co- talking about like kind of Zen riffs and things that we've kind of like gone back to in the past, like from, from our past, like riff history that like are the ones that like the ones that um, we haven't like settled uh, on, on placing it in a song yet. So we're going to talk about those riffs and some of like the Zen riffs that just kind of chill us out. But I think we first have to talk about welcome to the jungle because I feel like, you know, Zach and I obviously love guns and roses, but one of the things is uh, with with learning other people's music, you can always get lost with like what they're actually playing. And I really am entertained by how Zach plays it because he plays it as a person that like really pays attention. <laughs> and I played it as a person that's just like, I just want to go play this in front of people. What will fool them? <laughs> So Zach, do you want to show us the the real the real man's way to play? Uh, Welcome to the jungle. The I intro. guess. I guess. Well, it's not real because it's in standard now. That's the way. That's the way to do it. Hey, do, you, do you want to know how the, 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 the poor man plays that? <laughs> what made me laugh so hard is like, this is how I started it. I still go to the three notes at the end. But I started it like this. And compared to the way you play it, it like now I'm just like, that's like so lifeless. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think when I first started playing it, I just assumed it was delayed, so I probably did something like... Um, That's what I thought it was. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's yeah. not like it's just delayed, but it's... 
With delay. <laughs> unless, like, unless Slash fooled all of us and he doesn't play that way, but I think he does play that way. I think he taps it. Wait, wait. So I, <laughs> I definitely think he taps. <laughs> wait, wait. So, oh, like, how did you come across, like, th- this way of playing it? Like, was it just l- purely listening or what? No, definitely not. <laughs> not that impressive. Um, <clears throat> there was this guy on YouTube. What was his name? His username was like Narrow Rocks or something. And I found him in like 2010 or 2011. I was like, oh my God, that guy is like the most badass dude. And all he did was post like Guns N' Roses covers and stuff. And I think he had a video where he was like, this is the correct way to play it. And then like, he didn't really teach you how to do it. He just like played it. And then I think I just slowed it down. You just put it at halftime and you were just like... Yeah. Dude, I'm grindy like that. Yeah. <laughs> just deeply staring in. Huh? The, I think the first Guns N' Roses solo that I learned was... Uh, well, I learned the first part of Walk in the Jungle completely wrong. And then I actually learned how to play the... Uh, uh, I learned that like really early but i couldn't physically play it like i knew how to play it at 50 percent speed and i would just sit in my little room and bump it up by like two percent at a time and i got to like 65 percent like i'm so happy i'm at 65 percent and then like yeah i couldn't actually play it up to speed for like five years or something stupid <laughs> like I, was no, I, mean, so, I, I was so excited though I, I don't think that's stupid. I mean, like, we can play things wrong forever. Um, yeah. And I think it is, like, taking the time. Like, I, I feel like playing now, I take the time to, like, learn things more. Like, even when you were, when you had originally, like, you had ri- you put out a video kind of showing how to play the intro to Welcome to the Jungle. And I sat down and played that shit slow because it was, like, confusing. Yeah. Just to get everything right and everything in place. Um, and I think it's like, it takes time. I feel like when you first start playing, like all we care about is like trying to play it like at a hundred percent speed. And then you get older and then you're like, I just want to be able to play it. Like, so it sounds clean. Like, yeah. I don't care. I want to play it well enough <laughs> to impress some people and be like, oh shit, he knows what he's doing versus like, Oh, he's actually like, like, I, I think I, I had that same thing too as a kid where I was like, I just want to know how to do this so that it like, you know, it's good enough. It's good enough. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I'm cutting a lot of corners. Like BYOB was that one. I was like, I cut a lot of corners on this. There's like little things that I was like, I'm playing this completely wrong for 10 years or something. <clears throat> yeah. And then it's harder to unwork because then you're, you still resort to doing it that way. Yeah, I think when I tried yeah, to first true. learn it, too, it was an E-flat, but the tab I saw was not, was in standard, so it was on the third and first, so it was like, so, and it was, like, way harder, because I was like, how the fuck do you, like, because it was, it didn't tab it half of, yeah. yeah, yeah, so I was like, oh my god, that's way too hard, this thing's like F or something, I never planned that, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Who who's the psychopath that like tapped it <laughs> in standard tune? 
Dude, that's like a pet peeve. Like, I hate when I go to look up even something just like chords and they're just oh, like yeah. ass wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm yes. just like, who wrote these and why did you write? Like, they don't even make sense, like, from a capo perspective. They're just like wrong on every facet. And I'm just like trying to pull these chords up in the middle of a gig and they're just wrong and I'm just mad. <laughs> First quote is Shape by You by Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. It's always the pop songs too. What pisses you off more, like the the tab being wrong or the chords? Because personally, the chords piss me off more. Because how did you just get the like? And let's be honest, like I'm just being lazy and I'm not trying to think and, and write it out myself. That's why I'm going to the chords. Exactly. But the chords piss me off because it's just like this is the root of what it is. Like a tab being wrong. Like, yeah, no, no joke. Like, you can miss a note. You could maybe kind of get the rhythm a little bit off because you're typing out a text tab. But when it's the chords, it's like, just stop. No excuses. <laughs> no excuses. No mercy. There was no C major sus nine in this chord. Like, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> well, like, what are you fooling? <laughs> I pulled up a song and it said the very first chord was an E minor and the song was in E major. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't know that when I, like, I'm just, like, pulling the song. I'm like, oh, crap. I got to pull this out of my butt. Just and, like, invert all of the majors and minors. So, like, back and back. Do you have to do that often when you're gigging where it's, like, just someone's, like, calls out, like, play Sweet Home Alabama. And you're, like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Depending on the gig, yes. Because, uh. With Grace Scott, which is like the wedding event band, it's it's kind of rooted in the singer also being a dueling pianos player. So like, uh, so he spent like I don't know twenty years or whatever like taking requests. Like that's what he did for a living. Songs like yeah, he's seriously like a computer with songs. Like he knows whoa. every song in the world, and he has it memorized. Like he's just like, oh yeah, that song I used to play that one. And he just plays it on his keyboard. So. But, like, the downside is he can do that. Like, it's awesome that he can do that. But then it's like, crap, I have to figure out what to do. <laughs> but because he does it so well, like, there's songs where I literally just sat there playing this. <laughs> I just played the, the root octave the entire time. Just, like, tried to be, like, funky and, like, look like I'm having a great time. Like, <laughs> Just throw some wah on it so it looks intentional. Straight like. up. Like, honestly, like. And nobody's noticed. That's the best part. Like, there's so many times where, like, we'll get through the song and everyone's like, wow, you guys are so good. And I'm just like, I just completely deceived you. I feel so bad. <laughs> but I am that good. I am really good. <laughs> I swear, I can, I can do this really good. Yeah. Enter Sambai in my Vitalka. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> how do you yeah. how do you play that so well? Oh, just years of years of uh, but, looking at the wrong tabs. <laughs> yeah, right. There, there's definitely downsides because uh, sometimes I'll have to play a song where there's a very significant guitar part and I don't know it. <laughs> and um, if someone tips when they make the request we play it 
And yeah. so, like, Freebird is, like, the joke. Like, everyone's like, oh, Freebird. We never actually play it because it's too long, whatever. I don't know Freebird. But one, one time, it's the very first song of the set. And this guy tips 40 bucks and says, play Freebird. Okay. So Joe, who's the leader, he looks at me and goes, all right, Zach, we're playing Freebird. And I was like, wait, but I don't know Freebird. And he just looks at me and he goes, all right, Zach, we're playing Freebird. <laughs> so, so I kid you not it, it starts with me just trying to figure out how to play he, play the freaking thing on the spot so I'm like <laughs> like it's me like eating shit and I feel like the guy was sitting there just like loving it like he was laughing so hard like this guy sucks ah. he probably <laughs> respected that you went through with it no tried. he didn't yeah, it was like, no, no when you make a request no one respects respects you <laughs> I don't know dude they like, expect you to I, play perfect I played that entire song not knowing a single note and it was awful and that was the first song of the night from each of your perspectives, what's the importance of playing something exactly as written uh, for you guys? Or where is it important? Where is it not important? I think it's important when it's expected of you to play a song in, the, in its own rendition. So I think like, if you're playing a cover set for like as a cover band and not just even adding a cover as like your band just happens to do a cover or two. <clears throat> I think that's a usually a fair time to like expect a pretty like people are gauging how close to the original thing you are. I mean, it's I think it's honestly more just a personal. I've tried to take it as like a personal just like feat to get better <laughs> because like the things that I skip are usually the things that I've I'm like, oh that's hard. Fuck it. I don't want to learn that. <laughs> and it takes just getting better but once i learned that technique then i've like become a better guitar player beyond just knowing that song so honestly it's more i think just uh when it's challenging you out of your like comfort zone or your current knowledge then i think it's worth sitting down to learn Mm -hmm. mr hayes but um I think that there's three planes. I'm going to call them planes Ooh. of importance. So the first plane of importance is, is the song iconic? Because if you're learning the intro to Sweet Child of Mine, for example, but you're not going to play it like spot on, like there's literally no point to doing it. You don't want right? to play the octaves for that? I mean, like... <laughs> I can do that if you want, but like it's, or like, like there's just certain things that are iconic and they're meant to be played exactly right. One of those things is Brown Eyed Girl, which is the hardest guitar riff in my opinion of all time. How does That's that another go? topic. I hate it. It's stupid. I don't, I don't know want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I literally just, every time I play Brown Eyed Girl, like it's the hardest song I've ever learned. And it's just like, oh, that song. And I just like, I mess it up every time. I'll mess it up right now. You like like my hard like rock song? I just I hate it. I absolutely hate that. Word. But anyways, I digress. The, the second plane 
of importance is um, the importance to yourself. So like if I'm learning a slash solo and I'm obsessed with slash, that's why I keep using slash as an example, obviously. I don't necessarily want to not learn it note for note because I'm trying to like essentially figure out like how his musical brain works. Like I'm pulling like the concepts from him to then try to take it and use that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing, I guess. And then the last plane of importance would be, and this is more so in the context of if you're playing a cover band, but like if you're showing up to play at somebody's wedding and they're like, Hey, I want you to play this song specifically at my wedding. You probably should learn it note for note, even if you don't want to. And I've done that. Wait, why do you say probably? Shouldn't you say you have to learn it? Because it depends on the the song. Sometimes, sometimes there's songs that don't have guitar parts. So you're just kind of like, okay, I'm going to do my best. You know what I mean? Or like if, Alternatively, if they're like, all right, Zach, we want you to play through the fire and flames at our wedding, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, good luck. But, but like, I think, I think if you are learning a song and it's a song like that you, like you're trying to play like that person, I think it's important to learn it no for no. And I have run into the same experience that probably was talking about where you're like, this is too hard. I really don't want to learn this now. Well, you just gotta do it. So, so we have challenging from Prabhu. We have iconic, uh, something being is being central to like what something you really want to know, and then also like if it is like an expectation to play it note for note. So those are like the four things we have the, on the plane for why you should learn it note for note. Because um, I, I, I think uh, when you guys talk about that, I definitely fall into the challenge. I think of. Um, just, just like riffs like "Battery" by Metallica. Oh, that's insane. That whole part, um, super. That's the first time I really took the time to um, utilize alternate picking. Um, so I, I kind of agree with like the challenge there. The iconicness, definitely. I think about like uh, Santana. Um, smooth, like. Um, learning, especially the intro lead, I, I have trouble with like the main solo sometimes, but <laughs> definitely the intro into that it becomes really important. Um, and then also like the the self importance. And I what, what I like about you bringing up the self importance, Zach, I think that like completely brings it back <laughs> to Welcome to the Jungle because <laughs> playing it like this, you are a garbage person. You are like a, a garbage pale kid completely. Like I will, I will slap people that don't play it. Like it's not even that like, it just sounds better. Like it just feels slick as fuck. <laughs> well, I think it's also what, how, what you're claiming, you know? So it's like, I think if you, are garbage in your case the garbage person maybe i'm defending the garbage person because i am that garbage person but the i feel like if you're being like oh i can play this like this that's different than being like i can't play this like this but maybe there's something unique about how i play it and i I think that's also important to like 
take note of is how you play certain things because in like i do think it's important to learn from mistakes and like not just try to be someone else because i've felt that with technique stuff where i'm like oh my god i'm not this guitar player i'm not this and i'm like all right if my goal is not to ultimately learn everything about this song at least if i've learned like where it is that i am my strengths are then i can lean into those or find songs that are more similar but i get i get what you're saying it's like, I, no i think I think that brings up a great point, though, because I you, you, you're claiming you're garbage. I will also claim that I'm a garbage person, too, because when it comes to like uh, doing solos, I am a trash man when it comes to learning lick for lick solos. Like, I, dude. Oh, let's play the end of uh, uh, of. Um, I play Fade to Black with Metallica for you. <laughs> It's in um, B B minor. I will just do that. I will just noodle over it and be like, that is the solo at the end that you are going to get from me today. It will be different from next week. <laughs> that was, I think, finding the people that force you to sit down and learn it really helped. Because like that, the first time I think I really had that kick in the ass is my uh, <clears throat> friend in college jack and for one of our um shows we played we did a like a cover set and it was that slayer song angel of death where i i knew all the fast parts but then when it goes to that the that part or whatever it is like i always play that whatever because it's all dissonant notes anyways but like jack (laughs) the very jack's such a systematic learner and like he learned all those parts. Like we sat down and it was torturous for me because I was like, oh my God, reading the tabs for this. I was like, I felt like it's just random numbers. But like that one week of sitting and looking at it, that hellish period, it felt so much more rewarding when I could actually play it right and show people. Or then when we played that show and then I was playing it and I was like, oh fuck, this feels slick as hell. Like this like ah, oh, that just feels so much better than like the bullshit way I played it. I, I feel like I never compromise on riffs. Oh well, I, I don't compromise at the core of metal riffs. Like I remember Zach also went into like the main riff of Welcome to the Jungle. I compromise on that shit. I just play it how I play it. <laughs> if it's core driven, I will compromise. But if it's like a metal riff, I rarely make a compromise because it it just becomes really important. I, I'm with you on solos. I always skipped the solos on songs. So I learned all these rhythm parts, but then like I'd get to the, so, like Master of Puppets. I did learn that like that part and like the, the James Hetfield solo, but I'm sure I could learn the Kirk Hammett solos, but like I never did. So now when I, I can play the rhythm parts totally fine, but then I get to that and I'm like, oh God, like, I'm like, oh God. Like, I'm, like, nervous because I feel like I'm just, like, put back in a class that I didn't really pass. I learned the, the solos for one at one point in time, but completely... That's the thing for me is, like, rhythm parts I can remember forever. Solos, like, I have to be doing you. I have to be using it. I have to be playing it all the time for me to remember. Very few, like, fade to black intro, remember that probably to the day I die. One end solo, out of my mind. I can't even tell you where to start for that. Crazy Train? No idea. (laughs) Metallica and Megadeth have a lot of those songs where they play it. It can be played a lot simpler, but then they they do so many weird little things. Like, 
you're talking about battery. I never used to play it they, with the inverted chords. They do. Oh, you don't play the inverted chords? No, I that's never like, did. Now I do. That's like, what it's all about. Dude, that's I know. what it's like. That, and, that, and like, that, that, it's not even inverted. It's just, a, it's just doing a minor chord. Yeah. Your, well, your third, it's doing a third chord. Yeah, and like, uh, Holy Wars does that by Megadeth. And I used to play that wrong where like, because they go. And like, I ne- I always just used to play them as, I-, I used to just play them as chords and like, they just do the. All those little things. I was like, oh my God, this song is way For different. Shame. And it adds. Oh, that's what. Hey, we're talking. You, I thought this was a safe space <laughs> where we were trash people. We never called this was a safe space. We attacked BB <laughs> King, Eric Clapton, and John Mayer. That is true. I know. That is true. But yeah, no. Yeah, the, it's. Uh, <clears throat> I think it, it's like once you can confidently play something then it's also easier to sometimes go back and be like oh like there's certain roadblocks that are just like wait like a riff like through the fire and flames if i were to try and pick it now i'm gonna play it super shitty but that's because i just can't play technically that stuff but like, yeah i'm sure if i could actually solo then i went back and be like oh maybe i should actually learn how to play this and, and, and i, I want to apologize for attacking um I mean, I'm not going to take claim this is a, a, a um, 100% a safe this play, space because we've attacked the other people that no. we don't even know. But <laughs> I think what surprised me is the precision I hear in your metal playing for you to say, like, I could, like, I, me all day, if I did that, like, I feel like that's understandable because, like, my playing can be very imprecise uh, at, at times. And you've listened to my playing enough to know that it could be imprecise. Right, but your playing, yeah, you probably, probably, oh. you've listened to my playing enough to know that it can be imprecise. But you, like, you come out with such precision, especially in your metal riffs. I think that's what the most surprising part was. Well, that's the thing is the precision comes from the stuff I write. So it's a lot okay. easier to be good at what you write than, like, <laughs> learning someone else's songs because it takes patience. Whereas, like, I can shit out a riff and then I just remember it's muscle memory that's instant for a lot yeah. of things. And, like, versus, like, like all that stuff where I'm like, oh, God, I, I like it's just patience, which I don't have most of the time. And then I don't know, but I appreciate it. I think it's, I mean, that's something I definitely took away from, like, my, I think my brother was one of the first people to say, it's like, yeah, you can play fast, but you're sloppy as hell. And then, starting to learn how to record is when I got better at like playing to a metronome and like getting <clears throat> precise, but yeah. Yeah. Those old songs are a lot of little things in there. I'm really a lot more, a lot more difficult than they initially seem to be. But, and speaking of old songs, I think the other thing uh, we probably should talk about is like, the old songs that we kind of go back to some of those songs or riffs that we've written that like kind of are like that give us that zen space like i don't like for me there's been a couple things um i don't know we all have at times overworking work lives and personal lives and everything and sometimes guitar can be that like escape and there's like definitely like a few specific things that that i play so just almost repeatedly it's part of that muscle memory it's like okay, I feel like a little bit stressed and I just need to like chill out. Um, so I know we were going to talk about like some of those things or some of those riffs and, and or, or 
chord progressions or whatever. Um, so, so I, I'll leave it to you guys, Zach. What, what's your kind of Zen riff or chord progression? Or, or if you have a few, we'd love to hear them. Hmm. See, your perspective on it is very different because it can be a crazy. Very, it can be a crazy I'm, riff. <laughs> well, it's not like that. It's like I am very much a like systematic guitar player, like. It's, it's kind of like good sad. so fast. Whatever, but like it's not for real. But like, I don't really like. I really don't often just pick up the guitar and just play it like to chill. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like that's like that, I have, that hurts. I only I feel play bad it for to you. get paid, like, man. I have like structure, <laughs> dude. Like I, I have like this little notebook, and I have like my practice routine and stuff. Yeah. Like I plan it out like like a day in advance. But, like, it's also an evolution of your own practice routine. Like, like I feel like that's a really important thing and, like, a different topic. But, like, yeah. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change your question. I'm going to change my answer. Okay. So, more so, I guess, just some of my favorite riffs. I don't know. Yes. I really like Welcome to the Jungle. It's funny because you said, like, it was chord-based. This is what my like next lesson is for for the main riff for Walking the Jungle. Like he has like a like it's like this really like groovy thing that Slash does. So many covers of people just playing it like this. It's just like lifeless, you know what I mean? Because like it doesn't have the palm muting thing. Like you, like there's like a groove to it. Like, and that like adds so much to the song. Because like if you just go, nah, that's weak sauce, man. I think the second one is way better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what. Like it's like there's just like and maybe it's because I started out as a drummer, so like I really just like kind of feel the percussive kind of side of guitar playing a little differently than just like people who just like start on guitar and have only played guitar, but like that's definitely one of my favorite riffs. Um one of the very first riffs I learned was um and this was because I played guitar hero three. Mississippi Queen. Yeah, Mississippi Queen. I, I, for a second, I thought it was gonna be Spoon Man because, <laughs> like, it has that that seven to one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and probably we're talking about the seven chord to the one chord. <laughs> Thank you for what? that clarification. I was just making sure probably knew that I was talking about the seven chord. I was, oh, like, yeah. chord. I was like, oh my god, what are you? I don't know what you guys are talking about. I think I know that one. This fuck. I kind of forgot about that. Just knows everything. <laughs> I've learned a lot of songs. You, you, you are our piano man in our cover band. Yeah, you are piano man. Yeah, you're the piano man in our cover band because you talked about your uh, piano man and your cover <laughs> band just knows yeah. everything. <laughs> um. I had a really intense phase with Hey Joe. That was like the first song that I learned how to like jam, you know what I mean? Like, 
but he does this lick and that's a lick that I still use all the time and actually mm -hmm. that's, it was something I was thinking about with the last topic but like there's so many licks that I've like like even like I've learned an entire solo but there was one lick that was like the holy grail kind of lick for me and like I'm glad I found that lick you know what I mean so that's like yeah. one thing especially now like I really like learning solos close to verbatim but um so he goes like a and i thought yeah i just really like that lick. like that was just like like that was the lick and this was early on in my guitar playing too like i played that lick like a hundred times a day because it was the only cool light that I knew how to play. Like. That's that very satisfying. You're gonna have to like break that down like you I broke like down. It. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> All right. All right. You want me to do it now or do you want me to save it? No, no, I think you're gonna have to save it for for time's sake. Uh but yeah. No, I, I really like your kind of lick-driven kind. I feel like I'm very riff-driven, um, and that those are the things I remember the most out of songs. And uh, I just think it's really cool. Like, I guess in a way, like it kind of inspired me to be like a little bit more like lick-driven and thinking about what is something that someone else used and how did they use it, um, and how can you use that yourself in, in other playing? Because I. I just I just improvise, but like the way you pick out a lick and kind of deconstruct it, obviously it like aids to your improvised skills. Obviously, you can play that lick um, note for note, but you can also like probably parse out like some of the notes out of the lick and then kind of create something of your own. Um, but yeah, that slash one is, is that Hey Joe one is pretty pretty satisfying. <laughs> I think like my original approach to it was like kind of like that where I was like, okay, there's like, I would try to use parts from that lick, but now like, and I feel like it also just comes in phases for me. Like I just kind of change my way that I play guitar, but like, um, I kind of can just like hear notes when I'm improving and it's, it's definitely more successful on like something that's just like a blues progression. Like it's really simple. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm still not great at like adding in like, so dark. <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh, I can't see it. Like, when there's, like, a six chord or something, like, I'm like, crap, I don't really know what to do here yet. But, like, um, like I kind of just try to hear melodies when I'm improving and stuff. So, like, if I'm playing, like, e, That's a very different approach. And that's an approach, like, I would like to bring, not only to my improvising, but, like, just to my, my solo. Because I think very much... I think very much in like the terms of like the skin, which like obviously you can get a away with a lot with that, but 
you miss the nuance and you miss, I, I think the, the, the gar- guitarist I think about is you, you miss like that, like, uh, melody, that voice that like some of them, like David Gilmore has, like David Gilmore isn't the fastest. He's not, um, he doesn't play the most notes possible. He doesn't do some things that people think of him, uh, to make him people think that he's like the best guitarist, but, you could argue that David Gilmore is the best guitarist, just the way he plays guitars and thinks about melody, even when this improvisation, you know? Actually, well, I have I th- one more, one more, one more item okay. to my little list. Uh, Tennessee Whiskey. That's a good one for me. So you just want to play two chords? What? You just want to play two chords for us? <laughs> yeah, it's super simple. Like, it's super easy, but... I learned, uh, I think it was Danish Pete from Anderton's, the Danish guy. You guys know who Danish Pete is? I'm fairly so, familiar, because yeah. you recommended Probably him like, last time. Probably was like, who the hell is Danish Pete? No, I but, think I, I can, like, I know there's, like, a Scandinavian dude on there, and I'm, I'm like, I'm sure that's Danish Pete. I think that's Danish Pete. But, like, he, uh, he played this solo. This was just, like, something he uploaded to YouTube, and this was probably, like, one of the top two most like transformational licks that I learned on guitar. Because before this, like I could not play in the major scale. Like major pentatonic to me was just like I would play the solo to knocking on heaven's door for like everything. Like it was stupid. But like so he played this lick that was like And like that's just like when I heard those two legs. Oh crap. Did we lose him? Oh, yeah, he, he froze up. <laughs> yeah, it's that like, sustain. <laughs> like you, can, you can take that lick and you can use it everywhere. <laughs> can you use that sustain anywhere? <laughs> My favorite sustain is the zoom lag. My sustain. That's not what it sounds like, okay? No, you lagged. Your video lagged on Zoom, so it was just you going with no audio, and we're like, listen to that sustain. Uh, I thought you were laughing at Danish Pete. No, no, we're laughing at you, Zach. Thank you. So did you hear my whole rant? I was going off. I think so. We, we got we got enough of it. We got the gist. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the gist of it. No, no. no. Okay, what was this? What was the specific highlight of your rant? Because we did miss part of it. Uh, so like this, like. <laughs> so like in context, like you have. Like do a uh, five to seven on B string, and then you just quickly. 
it was it just went seven to eight. But you don't pick it. You just kind of let it sustain. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I really like that type of playing where it's like you just live it's insane. Like it's very it's a very um subtle way of playing, but you can fit a lot of notes in in a way that's like a lot more expressive as opposed to like picking everything. Yeah. I was gonna use that word too. I was gonna say expressive. But you can use that lick pretty much anywhere in either the major major or minor pentatonic scale. So like if I were to do A minor. I'm saying. Yeah. Or you can use A major. So Prabhu, what about you? What keeps you zen? What keeps you focused? Or what what alternate? The things you want to zen, but it zens the <laughs> fuck out of me. It's uh, I'll just play the riff first. As long as it zens the fuck out of you, that's all that matters. Uh, it's Bleed by Mushuga, which is just a bunch <laughs> of triplets. And you were talking about the percussive thing, so it's just a bunch of triplet over like yeah. a polyrhythm. It's satisfying. Uh, let's see. And it's in, it's in drop F. So I put a whammy on nice. here, so let's hope that it's... So it's just like uh, that triplet thing, and then when it goes, to the- oh my god, that sounds like trash with the whammy. But anyways, it uh, it just has this da 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 da, and and like locking into a groove while playing it is the most like therapeutic. I'm gonna throw the whammy <laughs> off of it so that I can actually hear it better. But it, it's got this Zen thing to it because even though it's a crazy song, there's no time to think. It's all it's, it's even though it's crazy rhythms like the like the. It's like weird time signature stuff, but there's no time to think. You just have to feel it, and like that's there's something about that that makes it so like. Uh, therapeutic to me because it's not i can't sit and think like what do i play next it's just gotta intuitively just know what to do and just bob your head and four four <laughs> and because the beat is in four four the drums are all on a four four thing but you're doing some weird like and and like what helped me learn that song was watching someone play it on bongos and he had all the drums written, like the the like drum line kind of thing written out, like the just the, like the yeah. And I was like, to me, that's a Zen riff, just because it like uh, playing wise, it it really puts me in a, uh, it uh, it really like just. There, it's really fun and it's really it's also like what my go-to practice thing since so many things i do is like like all picking kind of stuff like i just notice like that's my little tick on the guitar is like, to like really practice on like like even if i'm doing like chords and stuff like that, i i add those little the those little like spurts of things to like so like the that riff really helps with that other than that, I mean, um, real, real quick, back to it's the Meshuggah one. 
Um, is it But I know you play that a lot. So but there's like a, it's a subtle like half half step bend that they do in the middle of it. Yeah, so it's triple it one. So it's just, okay. okay so it's, and then it goes to that first so when it goes to that part it gets really hard because you're switching notes yeah and 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 yeah it's really weird it's a really i was i'm glad i was like I, I learned that better over quarantine because I had all this time and then I was unemployed and I was like, this is what I'm going to do for like eight hours a day. <laughs> the other riff that randomly came to mind because I didn't think of this question, so that must mean it's a more gen- genuine answer, is the song called Atwa by uh, System of a Down, Santaxi. Oh, yeah. And it's just a simple... It's, I really love that. It's just like like the way the vocals go with that and, and it's just like Yeah, or the soldier side intro that I like the stuff that has like what really zens me out is when there's a low note and then a high note doing like a harmony. When you have the like, um, oh, it's, oh, the low and the high. I yeah, thought you were going like, to talk about like, the sitar effect. No, just like the... So like things like Blackbird by Beatles and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I just love those kind of guitar effects and like... Um, yeah, something... And I this is super specific, but something I love is when like... I'm really happy that I got this Gibson because I always love the middle pickup sound on Gibsons like Les Pauls or SGs. Just that like, it's got that little bit of twang, even though it's like P90s and it's not the humbucker sound that I'm like thinking of in my head. It like has this just like, that like how it sounds on those low notes. It just, that's really calming to me. For some reason, that combination of like drop tuning with that just, ooh. It, it like I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it just has this like very uh, pretty sound to me that like really comes to me. Especially with that spring reverb. Oh yeah, I love the. Anyways, what about you? Oh, um, I I, don't know, I always think about uh, I'm not as, I'm not as. Uh, gracious as you two, I, I think about I guess some of the, the things I've like kind of written myself. Um, I always go back to this like it's really it's kind of it kind of does the um, low note high note sort of thing that you're talking about with like Blackbird and stuff in that sense of I'm like playing the root and the third, um, but it's it's pretty simple. It's just like uh, G minor the the progression in, in, at its core is simple. It's just like G minor to um, F major to D sharp major. But it, like the way I play it, it just... 
I go back to that a lot, and that it's I something like I've like chorus on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I had to, I had to add it. Um, but it's something that like uh, I I kind of go back to when I am just like think about like things I want to play. Or if I'm just fiddling around, it's it, it's something I use a lot for like when I'm playing with my fingers or trying to like practice playing with my fingers. <laughs> I think I wrote it when I started like learning a little bit more about how to play with my fingers. Um, I, just, I, I have it like named as like ballad in G minor for like, I want to write a ballad with it, but I just haven't taken the time to like written, write something fully out for it. But I always come back to it when I'm playing. Um, and then like something that's like a little bit, um, I don't know. It's bluesy. Um, I've had it for a little bit. Um, but I haven't really worked it into something, but I kind of, it's, it's kind of simple at its core because it's just, uh, E to G to A, but it, I like doing this. There's just like a movement I really like out of that. Um, and then like, I just like mess with it. Stuff like that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds so different with the spring reverb. It sounds like a spring. yeah. It's not like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this like really old one that I wrote wrote in high school. <laughs> Which is like another thing in just G minor. I used I played G minor for some reason a lot, but yeah. I just like <laughs> It just has like a very, um, it's very satisfying just to to play. Um, it's very it, it, I do have a riff that's therapeutic. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Actually, one ah. by Metallica. That's therapeutic as fuck. Oh yeah, that is pretty therapeutic. The intro. That's that's really that, great. There's that part. I'm just talking though. Like... Yeah. And I love when he plays live. He has that. Sanitarium can do it for me. Their clean stuff is just fucking. Yeah. Oh, God, that hits that. Oh, 
That's now you got me thinking about the ending. It's like a the, free therapy, right? There. That riff is like very cool because, like, actually, they're using like every like they're kind of like mixing the. Um, it's like pretty much like a chromatic scale, but like they're mixing like E minor, the E minor scale with like the Lucridian with like uh, a leading seventh. I, I love that part. What, like, I don't. I just so, thought you were speaking. Like so, like, like if you're in E minor, right? Um, if I'm playing off the A string, right? If I were to go down one, you know, yeah, that 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 the one you played on that harmonic. That would be that 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 seventh right there, right below. That's the major seventh in the scale. Uh-huh. Depending on what you're playing, like normally in my thought process, I think of like the natural mode or the, uh, not the, the yeah the natural minor. I normally go down to the fifth. But like in more metal stuff. Well, Slash does that leading seventh a lot. I feel like he does that so much in the. I think of it. It separates the men from the boys, the leading seventh. (laughs) It's the sassy chord. It's the. I don't belong here, but I'm going to be here. I think Ma- Ma- Master of Puppets too has all those therapeutic groups too with the 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 part that goes <laughs> and when it leads to <laughs> that part is just so like again when we played when we played that one cover show where we did the Slayer song, that was the other part, and then I had to lead into the... I did all the Petfields parts, and, like, that part, going into that, it's, like, it's exhilarating, because you're just, like, there's no break, and with the, and then... You're like, and, and then... Yeah. It's just, like... I, I guess my my definition of therapeutic in a way is when I'm not thinking. So like to me, some of those that that's maybe why metal can be exhilarating sometimes and and a and a calming thing to me is that like it shuts my already like busy mind up sometimes and and I'm just like I can't focus. Do this thing. You're locked in and you're just like it's it's yeah. like you're playing and then you're just like at the end you're like sweating because it's like an eight and a half minute song and you're just like whew, like that felt good it was like going on a run and i feel like so much of it can be like so many notes it feels like almost every note matters right like it's not like like if you change one thing about it then it's just like what what did i just play right yeah like they do that like the, just that little it's just like that little thing where you're just like oh god it's like why you gotta do that? <laughs> it's like oh but when you land it it feels so good and it 
yeah it doesn't compare and that kind of ties into the like learning riffs i think to the uh to a t versus versus not is there is that satisfactory feeling of just nailing the right notes when you're playing something and just being like damn like that that sounded like in my egotistical mind i'm like that sounded like metallica and that's Man, I, I, like- I wish i had i wish i had that solo dedication like zach Cause like, uh, ah, yeah, ah, man, that like when you when you do learn a solo and you know it right, it feels so good. <laughs> but we all can't be Zach Hayes. <laughs> See, like it's it's honestly like of skill. Like it's just like anything yeah. else. Cause like it used to take me like a full week just to learn one song. Like I remember like only having the patience to learn like one section of a song at a time. Like. I'd learn one riff and be like, okay, like I can't physically. Like I was probably just being a wuss to be honest, but like I, I've I was like, I was like, having solo in thirteen years, and I still don't sit down, <laughs> even though I want to be able to play it. People like, like you just gotta do it, and like now, like, and this was also like kind of bred out of necessity, but like I can learn like, like probably two songs in an hour. That's fun. I have. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, like like a really like a, a really intricate or like specific song, like yeah, like that'll take a while. But like, if it's just like a song that's like pretty straightforward and it has a solo, like I can learn it pretty quick and I'll like retain it, which is the big part. Well, and I feel like you've done a lot of that kind of session work and playing in cover bands and that kind of stuff, and I feel like that really pushes you too to do that because I feel like you've you know you've done it in a professional setting where you've had to learn a song professionally for your money like like if i feel like that yeah. really i feel like that's a nice incentive too like to and a nice especially place. with so many guitarists out there you have to differentiate yourself from being trash people like me <laughs> that's not gonna learn the solo no want me to learn <laughs> else i do want to say one thing Hot Rails in the Strat are awesome. And I switched to the one millimeter picks as recommended by Mr. Hayes. I'm trying them out. I, I've liked it. I feel like the uh, purple picks that I were using, the 1.14 millimeter, like they had no give to it. Like, mm-hmm. so I feel like just having that little bit of give is nice. I think 0. 0.88 is, is too thin. It, not necessarily too thin, but I just need something with a little bit of meat. Not like Prabhu. Prabhu is just. Well, I used all, to use all the, vegan over there. I used to, <laughs> I know I was using the 1.14s and the thicker ones, but like you said, there's just a bite that comes with the, and a little bit of give kind of forces you to really dig in with those. I, I think one is yeah. a great, one millimeter is a great like middle ground. All right, you ready to play us out, like Zach? Hello, heart. Yeah, you want me to show you a lick or do you want me to play a riff? However, you want to just outro us out. You can't. There's no more lessons to be learned today. Oh, right. we, know we, you, we know you're better. We know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Four 
Ford's done it again with the Ford that new F-150. Yeah. <laughs> you know, More torque than you know what to I do with. This. You don't even know what torque is, <laughs> do you, dummy? You're so I'll right. Buy it. <laughs> I wrote this to be a country song. <laughs> While all you kids have been focusing on the twerk, we've been focusing on the torque. Because <laughs> everyone's moving during Corona season, we're going to suggest a pickup truck. Because that makes sense. Because you're definitely moving right now and not trying to stay at home. <laughs> Whatever, guys. I should have just played a lick. No, it's good. I like no, it. No, I think it's the outro, man. We got we to gotta outro. All right. I think that's it. Thank you, guys.